Patriots, freedom fighters throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. Uh, fresh out of Facebook jail. Ah, it's like a new lease, a new lease on life. Um, and not rehabilitated, apparently. Uh, welcome to all of my Facebook peeps and followers. Nice to have you back. Do me a favor. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm still pretty shadow banned. So share this out to your groups, share it out to your circles. Um let's get uh let's get some people on here. Uh yeah, good to see you. Good to see you, Suzanne. Hello, Barb. So Friday nights. Oh, hang on, I gotta go live on TikTok. All right, we are now also live on TikTok. So we're streaming right now to TikTok through my phone. Um, I'm also on my regular Facebook, main Facebook page. I'm on Canada First. I'm on Saskatoon Grasswood PPC. I am on Mark Friesen PPC. I'm also on YouTube, Mark Friesen, the Grizzly Patriot. I'm also on Twitch. I'm also on Twitter. And we're also streaming to DLive. How are you, DLive? Good to see you, folks. Um, yeah, very good, Brenda. Thank you. So, um, as I was saying, Friday nights is usually reserved for myself and my good friend, Professor Salim Mansour. However, Salim is presently on the tour that I was supposed to be on with Laura Lynn and Sean Taylor and a few others that Laura Lynn's brought on. Hey, Karen. Hey, Micheline. Um, so it's obviously we can't have Salim on the show, um, but it is what it is. They're, they're absolutely knocking it out of the park. They started in Edmonton. There was like 600 people in Edmonton. Uh, they were in uh, Sundry yesterday, Spruce View, uh, Spruce View Hall. And there was like 350 people there um, and in Medicine Hat tonight. Um, and then I guess they're going to head up to Calgary tomorrow and uh, and carry on then down to Lethbridge and then into BC. But they're actually absolutely killing it. And I knew they would, of course. They don't need me to hold their hand. Uh, thankfully, Laura Lynn spent enough time with me that she's... Um, that she's uh, she's taken some of my material and she's putting it out there, so that's that's good. I'm very happy. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago where I was screaming into a 
abyss into a black hole where nobody was listening to what we had to say about globalism. And now we're filling halls. Um, it's, it's very encouraging and gives me a lot of hope. Uh, Brenda says, Salim, absolutely mesmerizing Albertans. Yes, Salim is, uh, he is the national treasure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, people are very lucky to, to be able to listen to his wisdom uh, that, he, that he comes with. Uh, phenomenal speaker too. Um, yes, Larry, absolutely, and and that's it, and that's what it's all about. It's about planting seeds and 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 then watching them grow. And and speaking of watching the seeds grow, so um, lots I want to talk about tonight. But um, when we speak about planting seeds and watching them grow, so last summer we went to uh, Vancouver Island. We did a couple of events there. And, and I mean, the attendance was phenomenal. And stemming from those meetings, you know, it was, it, we always push that we have to get involved at the local level, the community level. Uh, and, and that's where the change really starts. It's, it's at home, it's right in front of us. So I got a call from somebody out on Vancouver Island that was part of organizing us coming to, to present there. And they have basically from one end of the island to the other, they have people that have been inspired to run locally in their in their RMs, rural municipalities, or their town elections, which I just I absolutely you know when I when I was talking to her, um, it 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 brought a tear to my eye because you know that's what people need to do. That's exactly what the purpose of what we're doing through all of these town halls is to inspire people and motivate people to get engaged and take back our responsibility that we have abdicated for so many decades. So, and of course, that's the reason why I'm not on that tour with, with them because, um, the Buffalo Party here in Saskatchewan, the only alternative that is fully registered and um, we're ready to run a candidate in this by-election in Saskatoon that was called uh, very quickly by Scott Moan, the Sask Party, on purpose because it put the rest of us all on our heels. Um, but that's why they they came to me and asked if I wanted to run in the by-election in Saskatoon. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I told them at that time that I needed a few days, maybe a week to think about it, to consider it. And as I did, I, I really couldn't find any reasons not to, I couldn't, I couldn't find enough, you know, real reasons not to utilize another platform that's been afforded to me. So I had to jump at the opportunity. Again, we have to get into this if we're going to be heard by the mainstream folks, by the people that still are in, entranced by the mainstream uh, media, if we're going to get through to them, if we're going to reach them, we have to go through avenues where they are. And that's that's the political system. And so, you know, I, I said it right from the start when I decided to accept the, uh, the offer to run as the candidate for the Buffalo Party in Saskatoon, Mewasin that I'm in it to win it. I'm not, I'm not in it to, uh, to, uh, you know, 
play around. I'm in it to actually win the riding. And there's opportunity in the riding. The riding consists of uh, about 13,000 voters. At last election, there was only about 5,000 of them that voted. Um, the SAS party, uh, or the NDP, sorry, under with the leader of the NDP, Ryan Miley, in that riding, only won that riding by about 300 votes. And it was about altogether... 3,000 votes to 2,700, something like that, to the SAS party. So there's, you know, roughly seven to 8,000 people um, that didn't vote, that weren't inspired to vote the last election. So um, there's opportunity there. And we just have to, you know, in, start getting some people engaged, getting people to understand that, you know, the most important thing in this by-election, of course, no government's going to fall in this by-election or the Saskatchewan party are, are going to maintain power. Uh, it's one seat. And people really need to consider that as an opportunity to get somebody in that isn't the establishment, that isn't parroting the same old politics that all of these establishment parties parrot. Um, obviously what I offer is completely different. It's outside the establishment. The Buffalo party is outside the establishment. And, uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about that a little further on in the show, uh, just to introduce you to who the Buffalo party is and what it represents. But before we do that, yes, Laura Lemon and Laura Lynn and Salim are incredible. They really are. Uh, Hey, Arby, good to see you from Melville, Saskatchewan. Uh, just listening, just listen to Laura Lynn opening talk tonight and cried. She's amazing. Yeah, Rob, she is amazing. She absolutely is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely green with envy that I'm not on that tour with them, but you know, again, it is what it is. Anyways, a couple of things I want to, I want to talk about, uh, before we go diving into, uh, the Buffalo party. A couple of things came up before I came live tonight, and it's important that we go through them. Um, so anybody that's watching, if you're watching on Twitter or if you're watching anywhere else, uh, that's my Twitter account. Go over to Twitter and follow me. Um, anyway, I have to go through a couple of things. This one in particular. So I talk about, and I have talked about, uh, and every town hall we talk about the depopulation agenda. And uh, I know that I know that there's a number of folks out there, a good percentage of folks, that can't seem to wrap their head around uh, that agenda, the depopulation agenda. Uh, it is real. Um, it is one of the priorities of the UN Sustainable Development Agenda, Agenda 2030, which is also real. Just Google it. Google UN SDGs, UN Sustainable Development Agenda, UN Agenda 2030. Um, it is real. It does exist. And you need to have a look at it because through that agenda, they want to control all aspects of life. But one of the priorities of that agenda as we have heard, not before, let's let's listen to Dennis. Some of you have heard this guy before. In one way or another, 
So far, globally, you are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this planet, that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way. I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for. Um, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to, to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion probably if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship, and a low standard of living, you can have a, but, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and they don't have a few sure. rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, hopes. these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what lies ahead. Right. So according to Dennis Meadows. But in one way or another. Uh, hang on. Be quiet, Dennis. So according to Dennis Meadows, who is one of the founders of the Club of Rome, who is one of the co-authors to a book called Limits to Growth, which is really the foundation behind the Sustainable Development Agenda. According to Dennis Meadows, the planet can only support about a billion people, maybe two, if we're, you know, if we're under a dictatorship, maybe eight or nine if we're under a really strong dictatorship and, and they're dictating the terms of everyone's life. Um, that's it. That's our option. So we're either going to live with a billion people and they're going to eliminate six billion of them, uh, or um we're going to live under their dictatorship and that's what globalism is that's the goal of globalism they wanted and this isn't me making this up this isn't me theorizing anything this is them saying this they want to destroy the nation state nationalism the promotion of one's nation the defense of one's nation is the enemy to them. They've said this. Humanity is the enemy of the planet. This, And again, I'm not saying this. They're saying this. People like Dennis Meadows. So we have to understand all of the different ways that they wish to reduce the planet's population. And they're going to use many different ways. So this next little bit that I'm going to show you is a video about euthanasia in Canada and how they're going to use euthanasia to 
help reduce population. So, and this this girl really nails it. She does a really good job of it. So, uh, I thought I would share it tonight. Ever a good idea for human rights or progression of a so shocking turn of events? But in, in a not so shocking turn of events that is the dystopian world we live in, Canada, it turns out, is killing poor people. I wish I was making this up. In 2016, it became legal for any Canadian citizen aged 18 or older who had a reasonably foreseeable terminal illness and death in the near future to commit suicide through a physician-assisted suicide program funded by and administered by the government if they could get two doctors to sign off on it. Since 2016, that's expanded to both physically ill and mentally ill people in Canada seeking out euthanasia. And next year, it's set to be the most expansive euthanasia program the world has ever seen, which would include adults, children, physically ill people, mentally ill people, and poor people. In the last year, the data was available, 10,000 Canadians committed euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, in one calendar year alone, making it the sixth highest leading cause of death in the country. So we're literally just telling people now, just to be clear, that it's better to be dead than to be poor or depressed or dealing with a mental illness. It's better, it's more dignified to be dead. Yes. And, yes. and that the government should pay for it. Forgive my youthful ignorance, but at what point in human history was it ever a good idea for human rights or progression of a society for the government to euthanize people who were disabled, mentally ill, or poor? Or poor, or old, for that matter. So, uh, that's happening. That's a true story. What she's talking about is real. The government is going to pay and have said that they would encourage the poor to choose the euthanasia because their life is so hard because they're poor. Um, they're also encouraging, actively promoting that old people choose the easy way out to save money, the CBC actually was promoting it as a great way to save our healthcare money. Just, you know, hit five on your dial as they do in Saskatchewan. If you call the health line, if you call 811 and you get to choice number five, that's, that's uh, uh, doctor assisted suicide. They'll help you out with that. They'll take you directly to where you need to go if you need to end your life, whether that's because you're poor or you're having a bad day or you're a teenager um, or you're an old person that, you know, um, is a drain. Maybe you're mentally handicapped. Maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe that's the idea. Uh, we've seen that before. I was pretty sure as a society in this country, we sort of denounced that back in the, the, the Hitler and Stalin days when they were killing people um, openly, willingly, because of whatever reason, they were a drain on society. I thought we sort of frowned on that sort of thing, didn't we? Now it's apparently okay. Now the government says it's okay. When did we lose when did we lose the fact or or this this 
cherishing of human life. When did we lose that? The West used to be sort of the the, the beacon, right, of, of respecting human life. And all of a sudden, because of this sustainable development agenda and population reduction being a huge part of that, it's now okay to disrespect life and just, you know, choose it. And there's many different ways they're doing this. They've been doing it with abortion for decades. They have managed to convince millions, billions that abortion is the answer. That's just, that's, let's just do it. And everyone accepts it. Everyone accepts it because nobody has the parts. Nobody has the, the, uh, the balls to actually say, yeah, you know what? That's a bad idea. Let's not, let's not do late term abortion. Let's not do, now they're even talking about abortion after birth, right? After, after birth, they're, they're going to allow a certain window of time where a mother can choose to have her baby killed outside of the womb, right? So th this idea that, that uh, you know, the West is this place that respects human life, um, we better pull back the reins a little bit on all this stuff pretty quick, um, or we're going to be no better than the Nazis or the commies or, or the rest of these, these uh, ideologues, dictators. So I wanted to show that. And there was one other thing I wanted to show you that's coming out of New Brunswick. And I spoke to a friend of mine just to make sure that what I'm talking about is actually uh, happening. And... So, First Nation man, I can't read it on my other screen, I have to read it from this one. First Nation man exposed to poison, arrested, and taken to hospital after trying to prevent fish toxicant from being dumped in Miramichi Lake tributary. Some Knox fish, too, released in Lake Brook before Operation Halted by Teresa Blackburn and local journalism initiative reporter Jim Dumville. A provincially and federally approved plan to eradicate smallmouth bass in Miramichi Lake watershed began today, but the operation near Napadagon was called off when connecting to the land members paddled into Lake Brook to investigate. Just before noon, Thursday, September 8th, Wayne Narvey of, I can't pronounce that, as Genu. Petigi? I don't know what that is. Burnt Church. First Nation jumped from a canoe and waded to the spot where the two public safety officers and two unidentified men in hazmat suits were watching over the Knox, Knox Fish 2 drip system. In a live broadcast later posted to Facebook, Narvi can be seen stopping the drip line and removing a white container from a large rock in the brook. Narvi estimates nearly two gallons of the toxin was released before he got there. He later tells public safety officers they can retrieve the container at the campsite where he and other connecting to the land members and indigenous mothers and grandmothers have been camped 
since mid-August. I've been told to arrest you, said one public safety officer in the video. Earlier in the day, a public safety vehicle blocked access out of the beach area where members of the Connecting the Land group and Indigenous mothers and grandmothers had been camping since mid-August. RCMP officers arrested Narvi for the for theft shortly after he returned to his campsite. He was transported to Everett Chalmers Hospital in Fredericton as a precaution before officers processed him. Lawyer Charles Bryant, representing the Indigenous mothers and grandmothers who call themselves water protectors, says that dumping Knoxfish 2 into Lake Brook violates the authorization initially awarded to the working group. Last year, the Miramichi Lake Working Group, which consists of members of the Atlantic Salmon Federation, the North Shore Micmac Council, and others, posted signs in the last 48 hours notifying people in the area that the eradication project would go ahead. Earlier this summer, the action group gave cottage owners and others prior 24-hour notice of its plan to treat the lake August 10th. Cottage owners managed to halt that attempt with a court challenge. Bryant said there wasn't notice this time around. I don't really know how we could get here if everyone is acting in good faith, said Bryant when he reached when reached by telephone after Narvi's rest. There is a high degree of disingenuousness. Yeah, no shit. None of the cottagers were given notice of the application of the poison. My clients certainly were not and it was known that they were on the water. It appears that they took steps to hide their actions. In my reading, applying the substance to the river and the brook only would be in violation of the authorization. It's just a really bad situation. Cottage owner Katie Harvey said they haven't been at the lake recently, but found out what was happening by reading social media posts from Andrea Polchis. Indigenous mothers and grandmothers and members of the Connecting to Land group say they are on high alert at Miramichi Lake. Roads were blocked, preventing people from entering or leaving the area for most of the day. The River Valley Sun has reached out to the Atlantic Salmon Federation, the RCMP, and the Department of Natural Resources. A DNR spokesperson responded with an online statement. The North Shore Micmac Council, Inc., is the project lead stated Nick Brown with DNR Communications and can better speak today's operation. The River Valley Sun has also reached out to the North Shore Micmac Council, Woodstock First Nation Councillor Andrea Polchis, and Nekatuk, I don't know how to say that, uh, First Nation member Terry Sapier have been at the forefront of preventing the working group smallmouth bass eradication plan from going forward. I'm very disappointed and heartbroken, says Polchies, after Thursday's incident. The fish our members saw that died were chub, trout, and salmon fry, not one bass. Connecting to the land, members say they witnessed more than 50 dead fish, preventing the working group's smallmouth bass eradication plan from going forward. I'm very disappointed and heartbroken. said Polchies after Thursday's incident. The fish our members saw that died were chub, trout, and salmon fry, not one bass. Um, yes, Knoxfish Fish Toxicant 2 safety sheet notes the substance may be fatal if swallowed and enters the airways, causes eye irritation, 
is fatal if inhaled, may cause respiratory irritation, may cause drowsiness or dizziness, and is suspected of causing cancer. The caution notice goes on to say that if a person is exposed, they should seek medical advice and attention immediately. Wayne Narvey talks to two public safety officers who had unidentified men in hazmat suits after stopping Knoxfish 2 from being distributed in Lake Brook, a tributary of Miramichi Lake. Narvi was exposed to the poison in the process, was later arrested by RCMP officers, and taken to the Dr. Everett Chalmers Hospital in Fredericton, New Brunswick. So, uh, <laughs> when I first read this, I was, I was like, what? I was dumbfounded. Uh, what's going on here? What is this? Um, the Bass Eradication Program. I don't, I'm not sure why they feel they need to eliminate bass. Maybe, maybe there's some, maybe there's some reasoning behind it. I'm not sure. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it seems like it's killing everything. It seems like it's wiping out everything. Uh. It's it's very concerning, especially when we're in Saskatchewan. And a couple of weeks ago, we had some federal agents trespassing on farmers' land. We came to found, find out, though, that they were actually invited by the Saskatchewan government. If you remember... Uh, there was a minister, the ag minister in Saskatchewan, wrote a nasty email, nasty letter to uh, to Ottawa, to the federal government, basically saying that if these agents continue to trespass on private property, that they will arrest them. But as we found out, and as it turns out, it was actually the provincial government that said and invited the federal agents to come to Saskatchewan and do their own testing. So it was already pre-approved. It was just something that the Sask party, the ruling party in Saskatchewan decided they need to create something to make themselves look like they're defending the people of Saskatchewan while in actual fact, they invited these people into Saskatchewan. So, and it's funny because at the same time that that was happening, there was anthrax found on a couple of farms uh, in the area. So that's also curious. Again, I haven't seen any evidence that indicates that that anthrax was put there by government agents. But when you're reading um, articles, when you're reading uh, posts that indicate the government is destroying fish habitats um, by Knox Fish 2 um, chemicals. It makes you wonder, you know, what's what's happening across this country and every every other region and jurisdiction. So, um, no, Mo never tells the truth. Mo will never, he never will tell the truth. So speaking of truth, I did a quick video today on truth, and that's why I run. That's what I do what I do. That's why I have this channel. That's why I run in politics, because our politicians never 
tell the truth ever. They can't because if they actually told the truth, they would never get elected. They would never be reelected ever. They can't tell the truth because if the people actually knew what they were up to, nobody would elect them. Nobody would vote for them. Which is why it's so important in this by-election in Saskatchewan that people look to an alternative to the establishment because the establishment is only known to lie to the people. There hasn't been, and I mentioned this in my two-minute drill today on truth, there has never been since its inception in this country 1992, when Brian Mulroney first signed to commit to achieving the goals of sustainable development, there hasn't been one politician, whether it's the prime minister, his cabinet, or any of their MPs in any party, liberal or conservative, or NDP, or Green, or Bloc, or any of the establishment. or Provincially, your premier, his cabinet, or his MLAs, or your mayor, his council, or any councilman, or any Reeve, or any RM. Nobody, not one elected official since 1992, has ever told you the truth or held a town hall meeting to inform their constituents of the negative effects and all of the consequences that will arise from our country committing to sustainable development. It's never happened. Because every time any one of these elected officials are asked about it, they feign ignorance and stupidity. I've never read it. I don't know what it is. Pierre Polivar did it. I proved it to everybody. I asked him the question. That's exactly what he said. They've all they all say it. Scott Moe was asked in Kelvington, Saskatchewan, at a town hall meeting what his position was on sustainable development. He completely ignored the question, completely dismissed it, feigned ignorance, feigned stupidity. Well, maybe he is stupid. But if that's the reason why he can't explain his position on sustainable development, then he has no business being the premier of our province. And neither does any other premier if they can't explain what that is or what the consequences to it are. Because the the, the fact of the matter is, is they've all committed to it. They all know exactly what it is. Pierre Polivare has been a politician, a professional politician for 19 years. Pierre Polivare has voted on every one of these bills that passed in relation to sustainable development. It was the Harper government that made it law in Canada for the first time called the Sustainability Act, which is the act that compels our country to report to the UN, an unelected, unaccountable foreign entity, on our progress in achieving the goals of sustainable development. He voted on it. So they can feign stupidity. And maybe Scott Moe is just dumb. Maybe Scott Moe just doesn't understand. Maybe he's just a bohunk that has no business leading this province in that premiership. Or 
He does know, and he just can't admit it. Because if he admits it, then we get to hold all these people responsible for it. So it's either I'm going to be held accountable for it, or I'm just going to deny it and lie to everybody. And since 92, as I said, not one elected official has ever held a town hall to inform you, the constituents, of the negative consequences of this agenda and how it's going to affect every aspect of your life from land ownership, property rights, food production, food distribution, all of it, taxation, carbon tax, trans, education, uh, all, all of it, everything is influenced by this agenda, all of it. If you go to the 17 goals of sustainable development and look at all of the 17 goals, each one of them represents a particular part of your life that's going to be affected negatively by this agenda. Not to mention the loss of our national sovereignty, which is one of their ultimate goals in destroying the nation state. So that's what I'm doing. That's why I do what I do, because somebody needs to get elected who's going to tell the truth, who's going to expose all of this to the people, because the people deserve to hear the truth, which is why I need all of you folks to help me get elected and help others like Pastor Palowski to get elected so we can expose the rot and in the, in our bureaucracy in our government and expose it and drain it once and for all um so people ask and Brenda says holy cow i've been experimenting with sharing this particular feed in a variety of groups and chats just to see what happens to the viewership I'm not surprised, but I'm stunned to see it's not changing one bit. Yeah, no, I'm so shadow banned. It's it's incredible. Although we're doing pretty good. We got 160 viewers right now. Um, uh, we got 36 on YouTube. We got 45 on Mark Friesen, Saskatoon Grasswood. We got 52 in Mark Friesen PPC. And we got 23 on my main account, which should probably have 400. Who are we kidding? It should have about 5,000. Uh, but whatever. It is what it is. But, you know, we're whatever. We're, we're punching through it a little bit, so it's all good. So anyways, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the party that asked me to run in this election. And it's a party that obviously knows who I am. They know what I talk about. They know what I represent. And they weren't scared. And they weren't nervous about running Mark Friesen as a candidate in the by-election Saskatoon Wasson. And that showed me and proved to me that they're a party that's willing to tell the truth and aren't afraid of the truth and won't run from the truth. So that was a big reason why I said yes, because I've talked to people in some of these other entities. The True North... I love them all to death. True North Saskatchewan, 
as hard as they've worked and as hard as they've tried to establish themselves as a as a as a verified party, registered party in Saskatchewan, uh, they're they're just struggling to get the numbers. Um, but I love all of them to death, and they are also truth tellers. They also are in search of the truth, and they're also in search of of bringing God back into politics. And I think it's important that we recognize where Western civilization comes from, the foundation of Western civilization, the best civilization the planet has ever known, humanity has ever known, is based on Christian values. And and they want to reinsert that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think it's important that they that they continue to lobby and push for that because it's important. So, and they are all about the truth and I love them to death. I mean, they, they, they had me and Laura Lynn run through the province um, screaming the truth uh, through our Let Freedom Reign tour in Saskatchewan, 10 cities or 11 cities that we did. And uh, they weren't scared of the truth at all. They quite appreciated it. So, um, but the other one, the Sask United Party, and I'm going to be I'm going to be honest here. I have to be. It's the only way I can be. Uh, I haven't been impressed. Uh, they seem very establishment to me. They seem that they don't want to just they're going to go up to that line. But they're not going to go over the line. Right. They're going to manage their message. So it becomes, you know, receivable to the people within the confines of mainstream media. And that's very off-putting to me. It just is. I just, I, I can't, I, I, and this is a large reason why I said yes to the Buffalo Party. A lot of factors to consider. But was I going to support the SUP? No, I wasn't. Uh, I've asked them to support my campaign because we need to get an alternative in there. We need to get some opposition in there. But some of the things I've heard in response is that they can't openly support my campaign because I tell too much truth is essentially what I'm hearing. And and that's unfortunate. Um, but it is what it is. And so stacking all of those things up, I absolutely had to make a decision that was in the best interest of what my mission is. And that, of course, is to inform and educate as many people as possible. And was this the right platform? Of course it is. Of course it's the right platform. It's the only, it's an enormous platform. It's a by-election. It's the only election in the province. So, um, so that's that's part of it. And then, of course, a lot of it has to do with policy. Uh, policy is a big thing. I mean, if you don't have the policies, if your party doesn't have the policies, um, you know, that I'm interested in, then then it's going to be a problem. But um, the Buffalo Party showed me. Oh, hang on. That's my website. I have to get to theirs. Hang on. Uh, 
All right. So uh, policy is huge. It has to be a huge part of, of the discussion. Can you guys let me know if you can still hear me? Just put yes. Just yes, you can hear me. I just want to make sure that you can hear me when I... You should be able to. Somebody just type in the room that, yes, you can hear me. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. All right. All right, good. Yeah, that's good. We got it. All right. So uh, official policy on agriculture. We'll develop a small farms initiative program to educate individuals and families on how to become more food self-reliant. I mean, that is in, in today's times, in today's day and age, where food sovereignty, food security is huge. It's enormous. This is this is just when I saw that, it's like, yeah, of course, that's bang on because it, it is huge in this day and age. They want to control food production. They want to control food distribution. We have to. The antidote to globalism is radical decentralization because ultimately globalism and the globalist agenda is hyper-centralization where they want to control all of the resources from a global perspective and develop governance around that. And, and so the antidote to that nightmare is local, is community, is lowest common denominator. And so when I saw that, it's like, yeah, bang on. Uh, we'll exempt the capital gains tax on farmland sales sold to Saskatchewan resident or sold to a family member returning to Saskatchewan. Bang on. How can anyone disagree with that? Cease the granting of foreign ownership exemptions under the Farm Securities Act when the land is to be used for primary agriculture production purposes. Existing foreign ownership exemptions will not be cancelled, however, no modification, renewal, or transfer of the existing exemptions will take place when the land is to be used for primary agriculture production. The existing farmland ownership rules set forth in the Farm Securities Act will be strictly enforced. Beautiful. For all corporate tax on small to medium companies within Saskatchewan. Create Saskatchewan Food Inspections Agency to replace the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. So there again is this decentralization, getting out from under the boots of, of Ottawa and, and dealing with a lot of these things right here, where the people understand the people. Instead of some enormous bureaucracy in Ottawa or in at the UN, um, we should be creating policy for us locally um, to support a farm-to-fork policy, 100%. Reduce red tape of farm-to-fork in Saskatchewan. Supports bringing forth legislature to for corporate income tax structure on startup agriculture businesses, flowers, pulse, pasta, etc. in Saskatchewan. And, I, and you have to have a, a wonderful agriculture policy like this if you're a political party in Saskatchewan. And this policy blows away the establishment. Absolutely blows it away. So, uh, yeah. Budgeting. Supports letting individual taxpayers designate where some of their tax dollars are spent. 
What a novel idea that is, where you can actually take a box to say, I would like my income tax, I would like my tax dollars put here or here, but it should be our choice. Consider revamping of government department budgets for facility infrastructure and improvements to be calculated over three-year period rather than present one-year capital budgets, 100%. Supports pre-provincial legislation requiring balanced budgets with any exceptions requiring explicit voter approval through a majority vote in a provincial referendum. Ah, I just, I love this because... That is democracy. That's how things are supposed to work. If we're going to go over budget, we better have a damn good reason and we better be able to explain ourselves to the people of Saskatchewan if they're going to vote in favor of us going over budget for whatever the situation is. We'll introduce legislation to earmark any and all unexpected provincial budget surpluses to debt reduction until such time that the provincial debt is eliminated. Of course, because when you do that, you reduce inflation. You reduce how much money we put to interest being paid on the debt, which hurts all of us. And, and this debt that the SAS party, the ruling party, has given us over the decades they've been in power is, is, is ridiculous. And they're supposed to be conserving, right? There's nothing conserving about what the SAS party has been doing. Nothing. We'll introduce, uh, supports the establishment of a heritage fund to save part of the province's national resource revenue for true emergencies, which will be determined along with any changes to the rules regarding the fund by majority vote in a provincial referendum. There again. So this is something that the Norwegian government has done for years. And they call it, it's like a rainy day fund, right? Where you squirrel away a, a whack of cash that you've that your resources has brought in, in the event that something should occur that you need to take care of. Norway's been doing it for decades uh, because they, they have... Very small population, 5 million people in that country, but they have enormous oil reserves, enormous natural gas. And so that's what they do, is they squirrel this money away. Now, they've squandered it since because, of course, they're engaged with globalism as well. Um, and that's where all the money's going, this redistribution of wealth that's happening. Um, but this is, I mean, this is perfect language to deal with that. And it has to be, if you're going to change that, change the rules to it, you have to do it with a referendum. You have to go to the people and say, this is the issue. What do you want to do? Bang on. So, justice. Which is interesting, given the set of circumstances that just happened in Saskatchewan over the last week or so. We'll direct all government ministries to repeat redundant regulations for every new regulation enacted and to do so in such a way that that lowers the overall regulatory cost. So, you know, that's 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 bringing um, 
redundancy to a minimum. Like there's a number of laws that can be brought together um, that that saves on redundancy. That it's just it's bloating of the bureaucracy that they're going to do that through that mechanism. Opposes the creation of government digital IDs. Yes, huge, huge. Now our Sask ruling party in Saskatchewan has said that they are going to explore the idea of digital ID. Now they've since backed off of that. They're going to let other provinces do the dirty work, but you know that it's coming. Scott Moe and his Saskatchewan party, his ruling party in Saskatchewan, proved to us exactly what backbone they have to tell Ottawa to go pound sand on any of this stuff. They're not going to. You know they're not going to. They've proven it to us over the last two and a half years. They proved, they, they proved it in spades. So please, people, don't let them fool you. Uh, Saskatchewan will not just have a provincial firearms commissioner. Yes, but the commissioner will follow Saskatchewan laws. The commissioner's office will be at arm's length from the Saskatchewan police force. Oh, that's nice. The Saskatchewan police force, something that we need. Why do we have some bloated bureaucracy out of Ottawa policing our rural areas in Saskatchewan, where the people they've brought in from around the country have absolutely no idea how people in Saskatchewan live and understand our way of life. How is that going to work? So the people of Saskatchewan are the people that should be policing Saskatchewan. Rural Saskatchewan should be policing rural Saskatchewan. Because it's the people in rural Saskatchewan that understand rural Saskatchewan and know what the issues are. And so this is a beautiful thing as far as I'm concerned as well. And yes, firearms legislation. Bring forth new legislation enshrining individuals' rights to own and use firearms, easing restrictions on law-abiding gun owners while simultaneously increasing the penalties for criminal use of firearms. <laughs> I mean, seems like common sense to me. Support amendments to the Freedom of Information legislation in Saskatchewan to enhance the powers of the Saskatchewan Information and Privacy Commissioner who oversees compliance with Freedom of Information legislation to be given additional powers to issue summary fines to entities subject to Freedom of Information legislation for unjustified delays and costs in processing access to information requests by the public. Another beautiful thing. It was Rebel News that asked for an FOI, Freedom of Information, um, and they got billed in just an exorbitant amount for printing purposes, coming from a government who at that time was promoting the idea of digital, right? Like you can just send these files digitally, you know, through a file sharing program, rather than having to go to the extent of printing everything off and charging an absolute arm and a leg to get the FOI. So this is, again, perfect legislation to combat that. But it's just, what it is, is is there's too much wiggle room for our governments to be held accountable. And they find all of that wiggle room in this legislation 
and we need to get rid of it. We need to stop the redundancy. We need to stop the loopholes. We need to we need to be able to hold governments accountable and responsible for the decisions they make supposedly on our behalf. Sports amendments to the free oh yeah, okay. We'll bring forth legislation to cancel the contract with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for policing services in Saskatchewan. The RCMP will be replaced with a provincial police force. Yay! Ah, beautiful. I just it's just it's so nice. It's so good. We'll work closely with municipalities and the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, Saskatchewan Urban Municipality Association to explore alternative rural police op policing options, such as an expanded crime watch program, expanding rural civilian participation in supplemental and police support services, all to help <coughs> curb rural crime in the province. Again, it's an issue that's been longstanding. The RCMP can't effectively protect the people of rural Saskatchewan. We know this. There's, there's more proof than we could ever need. And in order for them to do it effectively, it would cost us an absolute arm and a leg. So let's look for other ways of doing this. Let's get the RCMP out. Let's bring in Saskatchewan Police Force. And let's bring, you know, down to the rural municipality level. So the people are working with the police to solve these issues of crime on farms. So people aren't well, and in some cases, let's just face it, regardless what of what you do, there are going to be instances where people are going to have to take it into their own hands to defend themselves and their family. And people shouldn't be second-guessing that ability to defend themselves because they're going to be charged if they were to do something to stop the, the intruders, the predators, the criminals from harming themselves or their family. So people should feel unencumbered in defending themselves and their family. And, and, and that's a large part of what's, what this is. We'll form an independent civilian oversight committee to investigate potential police misconduct in the province. Perfect. We'll expand, expand privacy protections to require a warrant for all requests by law enforcement related to searches for all online data stored with third parties, such as Google, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Beautiful. We'll reform the Seizure of Criminal Property Act of 2009 to include more restrictions on the seizing of assets and protection for individuals not convicted of a crime. Yes. How could you not agree? Democracy shall create a special policy committee with members of the elected by the party membership to examine and draft policies in preparation for Saskatchewan's autonomy from federal government. Yes. Believes that the individual liberty is the legal and moral bedrock on which society is built. Yes, it is. Recognizes the right to own property as a fundamental human right and that any Saskatchewan Bill of Rights and Freedoms will contain a provision recognizing those property rights. How can anyone disagree with this? Seriously. Agrees to terminate all obligations, commitments, and signed agreements to the United Nations that are not deemed as beneficial, genuine, or transparent to the well-being 
and will of the people of Saskatchewan. Beautiful. Goodbye. We're not playing this UN Sustainable Development Agenda game. We're not playing any of these compacts. We're not playing with the Paris. We're not playing with any of it. We're going to exercise our autonomy as, as a province. We'll initiate the creation of a consultation for Saskatchewan when it forms government. We'll conduct a comprehensive and independent review of public sector pensions in the province with the goal of bringing them into closer alignment with the private sector. Again, how can anyone argue? We'll introduce a bill that requires members of the legislature to respond to questions put to them in the legislature by other members. Wow! Holding elected officials accountable and responsible for their actions? Demanding and forcing them to have to answer these questions? That's a beautiful thing also. We'll bring forth legislation to allow Saskatchewan voters to elect all those who represent Saskatchewan including senators and the lieutenant governor. Beautiful. So I just want to stop here for a second and just say that um, these policies that are listed on the Buffalo Party website, these are all policies that were submitted by the membership, by the grassroots of the party. This it's such a beautiful thing to watch when democracy works the way it's supposed to work. That the party, it's not top down. It's bottom up. It's from the people. And I just, I love to see these policies because I know where they come from. They come from the people of Saskatchewan. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch it in action, to watch it put in place and let the people, because we are, regardless of what government treat, how government treats you, we are the people that know best of how to run our lives in this province and how we want to be governed. We know this better than anyone. Now, of course, our establishment has lost touch with the grassroots. They've lost touch with the people. This is why it's so important to get people in from outside the establishment. People. I'm not a politician. Look at me. The last thing I ever wanted to be was a politician. I'm just, I'm just a people. I'm just a guy that wants to do right by the people. And, and this is how this is done. This is how it's supposed to be done. So I just want to make sure everybody's aware of that, that all of these policies were brought forward by the membership, not, not the board, not the leader. Uh, this was all grassroots. And I love every bit of it. Uh, we'll bring forth legislation to strengthen the punishment for those elected who breach the public trust. Fraud and corruption offenses will res result in steep fines, loss of a seat, pension, and potential jail time. Wow, holding elected officials accountable. Imagine that. Imagine. We'll bring forth legislation for a provincial petition recall website. We will bring forth legislation. And recall is a beautiful thing, too. Again, more responsibility, more accountability. We'll bring forth legislation because then when politicians promise you the world and it doesn't happen and they don't do it and they don't follow through, that triggers recall. That triggers, hey, 
You're not doing what you said you were going to do. You're not holding up to the promises that you that got you elected. And so guess what? You're fired. We're going to have a by-election to replace you because you lied to everybody. It, it, that's it. That's how this is all supposed to work. We'll bring forth legislation for a provincial petition recall website. We'll bring forth legislation that will give the people the ability for recall process for any elected position in Saskatchewan. That's a beautiful thing. All right, taxation. We'll review the current progressive tax system and we'll work towards a flat tax system. Also a beautiful thing. We'll reform the provincial sales tax with the goal of eliminating it altogether. Listen, folks, we have enough resources in this province that if we managed our books properly and we weren't thumped by unions and we didn't cave to Ottawa, if we ran this province responsibly, the amount of resources we have that the world needs and wants, we should, we should not have a PST. We absolutely shouldn't. We should all be very prosperous. We should all have good jobs. And we should be absolutely booming in this province. There's no reason why we shouldn't be. Other than we don't have, we have establishment parties running this province. We have no courage to stand up to Ottawa. And, and no, no vision. Zero vision. It's all guided by some unelected, unaccountable foreign entity creating policy, cookie-cutter policy for the world that we have to follow for some reason. And no, we don't, by the way. Uh, we'll revise the Municipalities Act to reduce the, different, reduce the difference municipalities are allowed to impose between the highest mill rate factor of one property class and the lowest mill rate factor uh, of another property class. We'll use all means at the province's disposal to fight the carbon tax, legal, legislative, electoral, and public opinion, among others, to ensure that no Saskatchewan resident or business pays another cent to Ottawa on carbon tax. God, that makes me smile. Just reading that makes me smile because this is what everybody wants. And we're the only party that's actually willing to do it. So tell me, as a guy who's considering running for the by-election under the banner of the Buffalo Party, who reads this policy page, how could I not? How could I not support this? Especially a, 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 through a policy convention where the membership, all of these policies are, are membership-driven and brought forward by the members, by grassroots, by the people. I just... Of course, I, I just fall in love with it. Support the use of strict tax and expenditure limits to restrain provincial government spending and taxation. Beautiful. Because here's the thing. Let's say the Buffalo Party gets in the next election and we make all of these changes and we make it law. This will prevent other governments from coming in and destroying everything we've built. You put it into the Bill of Rights. You put it into legis legislation in this province that binds them to, to living up to it and, and making it strong enough so they can't obliterate it. 
Uh, sports to use the strict tax expenditure limits. Uh, yeah, from, yeah, okay, said that. All right, education. Supports the establishment of private education savings accounts and allocating K-12 education funding directly to parents on a per-student basis through these accounts. Their establishment will serve to increase competition among private and public schools, thereby leading to a better educational outcomes for children. And this, again, is huge because this will eliminate, you know, critical race theory, right? This puts the responsibility into the hands of the parents. This puts in the responsibility into the hands of the, of the people and determining what the curriculum is curriculum is and brings competition forward so that if the public school system or the Catholic school system is failing your kids because of woke BS, then there's going to be an option, a private option over here that maybe a community has put together to keep their kids out of public school, out of the indoctrination camps, out of wokeism, out of furries and litter boxes being put in schools. Right. And and this indoctrination center that all of our schools have become. So you create that competition where everyone starts flooding over to these private options because it's not woke. It's not insane. It's not ridiculous. It's not communist. And what happens? The rest of them fail because nobody wants to send their kids to them. A beautiful, beautiful thing. Recognizes the parents are the primary decision makers when it comes to children's education. Yes, and I know teachers' unions that think the complete opposite. It seems like teachers want to be the arbiter of education. They want to be, they want to dictate what they're going to teach our kids. Unions should not be guiding curriculum. Unions should be worrying about their wages and their pensions and their working conditions. They shouldn't be pushing curriculum based on communist ideology, based on wokeism. They shouldn't have that power or control. Here, this is what you're going to teach based on the curriculum that the people of Saskatchewan have determined is best for their kids. If you don't like that, you can go find employment somewhere else. That's what we need here. I, I can't tell you how much I would love being able to say this to people. That, that what you're doing is not in the best interest of the people and their children of this province. So stop it. And if you don't like it, there's the door. You don't have to stick around here. You can go somewhere else. Go to Vancouver or somewhere else. But... It's not on here. We don't want that taught to our kids. We don't want you grooming our children in school. That's not your role. That's not your job, right? Recognize the parents are the primary decision makers when it comes to children's education, that parents have the right to opt out of any curriculum that they determine is counter to their values, that schools have the obligation to operate in completely open and transparent manner in order to keep parents informed on all aspects of their children's education. Supports all students who want to challenge grade 12 provincial exams without taking required in-class portion and to have this grade 
<clears throat> recorded in the government records, supports any students at any institution of higher learning to opt out of paying any of the student fees that may contradict their sincerely held beliefs or which do not benefit them while attending the institution. Limit teachers to teaching only that curriculum which has been approved by the local school board, here, here, and subject to a parent's right to opt out of any curriculum that they find offensive or unproductive. We'll designate school principals as out-of-scope employees. <laughs> it's, it's all good. We'll require schools to offer courses on entrepreneurship, investment, money management, marketing to prepare students for the future. The Buffalo Party will reintroduce funding for home economics and industrial arts programs. Beautiful. We'll promote and support school boards that are autonomous, representative, transparent, and effective. This is essential to achieving quality education in the province. We'll bring forth legislation for the creation of an independent school association. Encourage ease of entrance into the trades by exploring ways that the provincial government can reduce the regulatory and administrative burden on workers and, and employers in regards to apprenticeships. We'll offer a tax credit for young entrepreneurs who have started a business in Saskatchewan in line with the tax credits offered to post-secondary students under the Graduate Retention Program's benefits. So in other words, we're going to encourage kids to start their own business to explore the free market and what it has to offer and how wonderful an idea it is rather than stomping on small business and medium business because they want to institute multinationals and oligarchs and monopolies dictating to the rest of us how we live and what we eat and what we buy and actually fostering and nurturing the idea of free market economics and encouraging small business because that's where rubber hits the road when you're talking about freedom. Freedom is exemplified through small business. Government has a really hard time controlling small business and they're moving towards trying to strangle us through digital IDs, through digital currency, through all of these things, taxation, you name it, uh, this is this is the answer, I'm telling you. We will require all public schools in the province to participate in open enrollment and allow families to transfer to schools with available, available capacity outside their side school. Beautiful. All right, energy. Shall guarantee the people of Saskatchewan the right to develop and process their own Saskatchewan energy resources and be available to residents at affordable cost, free of being subject to global market pricing, as well as being subject to any foreign influence or constraints. It's just, it's beautiful. Supports the position that the Saskatchewan government should be open to all forms of energy and power generation, and that the government policy will reflect that fact. I could spend two hours on this particular thing, as you know, um, the attack on our energy sector, our energy industry, is nothing short of utterly destructive from our federal government, which is in compliance with this unelected, unaccountable foreign entity dictating policy. 
and we need to get out of it. We need to be able to stop it. And this is another reason why I got involved provincially, because I think provincially we have an ability to stop a lot of this stuff from coming in at our borders in this province and saying no. And of course, with the help of the people of Alberta, with the help of the people of Manitoba, um, you know, we can be a, a real bulwark to all of this agenda. We can lead this country out of the mess we're in. 100%. Supports the position of the Saskatchewan government should supports the position that the Saskatchewan government should be open to all forms of energy and power generation and that government policy will reflect that fact. Right, 100%. Couldn't agree more. We want the best source of energy that's going to give the people of Saskatchewan all the energy they need so we don't freeze to death, so we don't cook to death. We have all the energy at a reasonable price because it's right here. We live in this province that's chock full of energy. We shouldn't be struggling with energy at all. Supports the position of the Saskatchewan government restrict ownership of strategic coal reserves in the province to only Canadian residents and corporations, 100%. Support the establishment of a tax incentive in the form of 100% expensing for tax purposes of any research and development costs related to developing new coal activation carbon products in the province. Support the establishment of a tax incentive in the form of 100% expensing for tax purposes of any research and development costs related to developing new coal activated carbon products in the province. Yes. Supports addressing boundary issues and property owners' rights, wind wake issues, and granting municipalities the right to veto the establishment of any wind turbines or solar facilities within the jurisdiction or place reasonable restriction on where such facilities can be located. Well, if we're actually fostering uh, effective and efficient energy means, we could do away with all of those. Those are all com be completely extinct as they should be because they're ridiculous. Support the position that the Saskatchewan government hold public review and consultations every four years on the adequacy of mine remediation rules, including the required dollar value of reclamation bonds being held, estimates as to cleanup costs and alternative funding mechanism, such as assigned trusts. Support the position that the Saskatchewan government offers a tax deduction for retraining costs up to 10,000 for workers and spouses in industries directly threatened by federal energy and environmental legislation. Well, let's hope that doesn't isn't a necessity. Let's hope that isn't, but it it's it's something that should be written in just to protect people in the event that you know the 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 goose stepping federal government comes rolling in. Supports increasing the tax credit to 50% for eligible investment as a means of supporting CCS and increased energy production in the province. Supports the tax incentive for the tertiary recovery of oil and natural gas that utilizes CO2 gas in the form of PST exemption for any carbon dioxide that is used for enhanced oil recovery. Supports position that any federal regulations limiting carbon emissions requiring CO2 capture or containment of power plants or the imposition of a carbon tax should be opposed 
using all legal means at the province's disposal. Yes, 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 and yes. Supports construction of pipelines as well as other necessary pipeline infrastructure programs. Yes. Support undertaking comprehensive review of energy industry regulations in order to simplify, streamline, or eliminate said regulations and or the cost of permits to be reduced. Support bringing forward legislation for corporate income tax incentive on startup upgraders and refineries in Saskatchewan. Yes. Support SAS power implementing differentiated pricing for electricity for consumers based on electricity source and reflects the life cycle cost of that source. Um, okay, we got a few to go yet. Hang on, are you hanging there with me? Are you hanging on? We're down to 105. People are people are starting to lose it a little bit. But it's important. All these things are exactly what everybody's screaming about. So here it is. We'll promote programs providing essential services back into small rural communities that turn in turn create jobs and future growth within a healthy and healthier environment that living in a small community has to offer. It's such a beautiful thing. And once again, it's this decentralization encouraging people to move to rural areas rather than the opposite, which is what the Sask party and the rest of the establishment wants. They want everybody crammed into cities, living like ants, rather than living in all of that wonderful space in rural Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba, BC, all over the place. We should be spread out everywhere. We got all this land and all of these resources we should be spread out all over the place, but they don't want that. They want us all confined, controlling everything about our lives in smart cities. This is the exact opposite. Sport pursuing the cooperation of Alberta and Manitoba to enhance the utilization of the Port of Churchill to benefit to the benefit of all three provinces. <laughs> There's your tidewater, right? There's your tidewater. Do we need the lower mainland to dictate to us uh, getting our resources to Tidewater because we have to go through BC. No, let's go the other way. Let's go to Churchill. Let's get it out that way. Yeah. We'll seek to strengthen trade relations with the bordering U.S. states of North Dakota and Montana, of course. Take every reasonable measure necessary to negotiate a better deal for Saskatchewan or possibly terminate Saskatchewan participation in the federal transfer payments program. I say we terminate it. If they're not willing to negotiate, just pull out of it. Um, that's it. What we need the courage. We need the government in there that has the courage to actually say and challenge Ottawa and say, no, it's not fair. We're not playing this game anymore. Enough's enough. Quebec can look after themselves. Quebec has enough resources. Quebec has enough hydro to look after themselves. They don't need our money. They have the resources to take care of themselves. They just need the will to do it. So stop. Support exploring ways to support our three power plants between Estevan and Kornak, Shan, Boundary Dam, Poplar River. Associated coal mines and coal communities exploring the potential for new coal export markets, ways to support value-added process for coal byproducts, 
and further development of carbon capture, utilization, and storage technology. Implement a comprehensive review of the Crown Corporations, including their processes for determining rates for businesses and individuals with the goal of identifying ways of improving the Crowns for or restructuring them. Undertake the comprehensive review of government red tape with a goal of making Saskatchewan the best province in Canada to open and operate a business, to invest in new industries, and to hire Saskatchewan workers. Yes, preference will be given to Saskatchewan companies first, then other Western provincial companies for all provincial projects. Saskatchewan will not work with questionable companies. They will. This will be done by exiting the New West Partnership. We will implement a Saskatchewan first policy. How can you argue with that? Uh, it's a beautiful thing. We have we will have a control of trade within with our resources, enabling trade with our American neighbors without federal intervention. Also working with our provincial neighbors for safe access to tidewater. This will open more markets to Saskatchewan products. We will work with our provincial or our municipal partners for ease of access for our natural resource industries. We'll bring forth legislation to streamline the process of approving new energy projects in the province based on the principles of one application, two review, three decision. Supports the use of regulatory sandboxes to encourage business growth and innovation. We'll commit to bringing back the one-to-one net metering system previously used by SAS Power. Yes. I'm going to skip intergovernmental relations um, just because we I got to get rolling here. Health is a big one. Explores the use of, of personal health care concierge for parents in the provincial health care system. Supports parents and guardians being involved in all medical decisions for their minor children and that the mature minor doctrine is only used in situations that have a court order or can otherwise easily demonstrate this necessity. Support strengthening the home care program by exploring reforms to housekeeping services, respite care, among others. Again, if we're handling our economy, if we're handling the public's money responsibly with all of the resources that we have, there's no reason why we can't look after the people of Saskatchewan. There's no reason why we can't do that. There's no reason why our elderly have to have shitty care. There's no reason why our sick, our poor have to struggle to get quality health care. There's no reason for it. There's no reason why our government should be closing regional hospitals and emergencies in smaller areas. There's no reason for it. It shouldn't be happening. But this, the Saskatchewan government has been running deficits and debt and running up our debt for years. So this is the situation we're in. We have to be responsible with the people's money. Pursue a policy of minimizing the abortion rate as an indication that pregnant women are being supported while under difficult circumstances, of course. But at the end of the day, a late-term abortion has to be scrapped. Um, and this idea that abortion is simply um, uh, a way to reduce uh, teen pregnancy or a way to you know, as a contraceptive. It, it's insane that we're defaulting to abortion. 
let's let's attack this let's be adults let's have the discussion let's take control of our families let's be parents let's keep engaged with our kids so their kids don't get pregnant so our kids act responsibly so they aren't put in this terrible position and and i mean nobody wants to be in that position but you know what uh for me i'm adopted and uh my mom thankfully chose to you know put me up for adoption rather than flush me and, and so i'm i'm this this is a pretty near and dear situation to me i get it we all understand that that you know it's a tough situation but let's re-engage let's 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 bring back the nuclear family let's bring back you know traditional values of the nuclear family and family staying together and encouraging families to stay together and 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 have numerous siblings to be able to afford to have a family to be able to afford to have outs all of these things will encourage people to act responsibly I mean, we've been going completely in the wrong direction and it has to stop. We have to reverse that direction and go back into a way that's healthy for for our kids and, and for our families. Support expanding healthcare options for First Nations and Métis peoples to include traditional foods, medicines, and healing practices. Absolutely. We'll bring forth legislation to guarantee that our rural healthcare will be available to all residents. This means increased doctors, nurses, beds, and emergency responders. We'll bring forth legislation that will increase the number of public-private MRI clinics in the province and expand the program in scope to include CT scans with a particular focus on rural areas, which will only reduce wait times, which will only make it more available to the rest of the population if we do that. It's not two-tier like they like to frame it. It just frees it up for everyone. We'll bring forth legislation to increase support and decrease costs for rural EMS services for staffing, training, and equipment. Sounds good to me. Adopt a no patient left alone policy to ensure the visitation rights of medical patients and their families and friends. So we're not going to have to say goodbye to grandma through a window. We're not going to be refused entry to go see grandma or our mother, um, you know, on their deathbed. We can be there with them. We have to be there with them, regardless of the situation. Support reducing number of scope of practice regulations for healthcare professionals. We'll research ways for all types of doctors to practice in the province. Saskatchewan has many regulations that restrict the available supply of doctors, including occupational licensing laws. The province should be looking at ways of making it easier for qualified doctors, including retired out-of-province doctors and qualified medical students to work in the province, 100%, it's just common sense, will support increased telemedicine access and lower costs. Other support professional accreditation bodies to monitor their members only insofar as it pertains directly to their profession and misconduct or malpractice within their professional capacity. Any accreditation body will be prevented from collecting or reporting any information not directly related to the needs of the profession, such as political affiliation, medical information, opinions, etc. Will not make any poverty reduction effort that promotes income equality. <sighs> Thank goodness. But rather to have honest discussions of what is the measurable way that we can alleviate the true suffering of the impoverished and downtrodden. Right, 100%. Back to a meritocracy. 
You're paid for the value of the work you do. You're paid for the value in the service you provide. You're paid for the value in the, pro in the product you provide. Let the free market determine. And at the same time, explore ways to provide safe, affordable transportation options. No, um, alleviate the true suffering of the impoverished and the downtrodden, of course. We'll explore ways to provide safe and affordable transportation op options for seniors in the province. 100%. We need to have that. We need to bring something back. They have to have an option. The free market should be able to support that. Recognize that while the government can work with churches and other religious organizations, they have no authority over the lawful actions of the form or function of the operation of religious organization. 100%. Absolutely. Your religion, you do what you think is the best for your religion as a recognized religion, not a cult. Man, I'm telling you, um, this is it. This is, you know, a phenomenal group of policies. And I challenge anyone um, to come after these policies. This is precisely what we need in this province. So now you get a, a little better picture of why I chose to run under the Buffalo Party banner in this by-election. And I didn't do it, you know, flippantly. I didn't do it uh, without consideration. It, was, it took me a number of days to weigh all the pros and cons um, because I really, it was too early for me to endorse a party. I wasn't ready yet. Um, but the situation was and and is that this by-election came about the buffalo party needed a candidate they asked me which told me a lot and uh after reading the policies after um understanding where the policies came from that this isn't a top-down dictatorship this is a grassroots membership driven party and it represents an alternative to the establishment uh, I it was a no-brainer. Of course, I was going to do it. Not to mention the platform that it provided as well to speak the truth. Um, so it is what it is. So that's it. Now, does that mean that I don't support the, the PPC anymore? Of course I do. I'm 100% support of the PPC federally. I'm just at a stage right now where I think we can do more provincially to lead our country out of this mess then then maybe we can do federally. I don't know. It, it's all about, you know, what's happening right now in front of my face. What's the opportunity? What, what am I weighing it up against? And, you know, I had to do it. And, and so, of course, I still support the PPC. I still support Maxime Bernier and, the, and what that party does. And who knows? Let's see what happens in this election. I'm in it to win it. I'm hoping to win the election. I'm hoping to get that seat. So I can represent the people of Saskatoon, Wasson, and the the greater Saskatchewan, the people who haven't had a voice in the legislature for a long time. I'm hoping to be that voice and and represent those people. Um, so that's it. But you know, if I don't get elected, um, and I mean, let's face it, reality is what it is. It's a tough nut to crack when you're going up against the establishment machine. 
it's hard to get people off of that establishment train that they're on. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do what I can to, to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, then I'll have a decision to make. Am I going to stick with provincial and continue to, to promote the Buffalo Party leading up to the next provincial election, which will probably happen before the next federal election? Who knows? Everything's up in the air in that sense. So I don't know. I, I can't I can't answer those questions. But the here and now is exactly what I, I should be doing. And that's why I did it. So uh, hopefully that clears up a lot for a lot of people. Hopefully this was valuable for a lot of people. Now they understand maybe what the what the Buffalo Party is, what it represents, what its policies are. And it I mean, it's everything that everybody that I talk to at every one of these town halls and everyone everywhere across the province, it's what everybody wants. So let's make it happen. Let's come together. Let's unite and make this happen. I, I can't imagine anybody not wanting this other than maybe pure ego. Uh, that's that's about the only thing I could I could see that why people wouldn't accept this platform. Anyway, that's my opinion, and uh, that's what it is. That's going to be a wrap for tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Um, we were live on TikTok. So thanks to all you TikTokers that were there and watching. Much appreciated. Thanks for all the likes. Um, and to everybody on Facebook, welcome back to my stream on Facebook. And to my YouTube folks and to my Twitter peeps and to my DLive peeps. Uh, all good. And there's one person on Twitch. That's <laughs> uh, all good. So that's a wrap. Uh, remember, globalism bad, nationalism good.